two United games, two wins for Louis van Gaal's side. So why does it feel a little bit flat? Uh, because the second of those wins was one of the worst crimes against football that's ever been committed. 90 minutes of sheer trudgery. Actually, 89 and a half minutes of sheer trudgery and one really nice move. Well, yeah. Um, uh, but less about Aston Villa. Let's talk about United for a minute. Villa were actually good for the last five minutes. I mean, it's the best they've played all season, I'd say. Uh, uh, Very good save by De Gea and one off the post that De Gea would have got nowhere near. Louis van Gaal literally made Aston Villa look good. Literally. (laughs) Like... That's, he has achieved remarkable things in his football career. I'm not sure anything will ever top that. Villa on 16 points. Uh, they won't, uh, by at least in terms of points, be the worst Premier League side. They may well turn out to be the third uh, worst ever Premier League side. So um, we'll see. It depends on the last few games. Of course, doesn't look like they're going to get anything at the moment. But for the last few minutes, they really rallied. For the uh, 85 minutes before that, United, of course, completely dominated the game. Just didn't create very many chances. Uh, no, I mean, there, there were bright moments. There, there really were. There was a, a really nice through ball from Rooney in the first half to Mata in the box, uh, which uh, Mata couldn't do much with. There was the two times Daily Blint found Mata at the corner of the six-yard box from corners just because Villa was so switched off. Um, I Like, the fact that that worked a second time is the biggest indictment on Aston Villa's season, you can imagine. Um, then there was a very bright start from Memphis in the second half and he, he slid that ball through to Rooney, which Rooney miscontrolled should say first he was actually quite good in the first half i i thought Rooney was trying to one two he miscontrolled it so badly <laughs> the his first half was good though he, he looked pretty on it and it was a, a, a gorgeous ball out to valencia because you know you kind of have a pop at rooney all you want but the the sick diag out to the right flag that's it's always on isn't it no no it was very good but i mean he, he was under no pressure uh, at all ever really so he just dropped 15 yards deeper than marcus rashford and had all the time he wanted when he had the ball um that's not a problem for him it's when uh he has to beat anyone with any burst of pace uh that is his problem in that position at number 10 so he he rarely finds space against better teams anyway um uh, it's taken us all of three minutes and 22 seconds to lay into Wayne Rooney on his return from injury. You, you, it's taken you all of, I haven't, I didn't, you, that's you that did that, Ed. Well, look, look, if I really hated the guy, I'd have done it in the intro. Okay, look, to be fair enough, he he wasn't too bad at all, Wayne Rooney, I'm, uh, I'm just pulling his leg. Although, United, as on a whole though, just four chances created in open play the whole game, just four. And the goal came from United's first shot on target. Uh, not surprising, because that's happened a lot of times this season. The fine ball from Rooney out to Valencia. Valencia actually put a cross in, although it was a couple of yards behind Marcus Rashford, who was very uh, moved very smartly to stop his run and then uh, uh, strike it across the goalkeeper. Uh, fine goal in the end. The thing is, of course, seeing the starting lineup, this doesn't surprise anybody, right? Because you have... Uh... Fellaini in midfield, Juan Mata on the right wing and Rooney at number 10. And instantly you've got an awful lot of prosaic physical movement there. Like every one of those players is slow. And through the middle, you haven't got particularly inspired use of the ball either. Um, although, like, as I said, Rooney, Rooney's use of the ball was, was better than average for him, I, I thought, in that first half. But yeah, and, and all the movements coming from Rashford. Because Memphis is strong, but he's not fast. You know, he would definitely lose a running race to Rashford by a, a long, long way. Um, 
there was there was one counter-attacking opportunity in the first half and it was just hilarious because I think it came from a corner and Rashford started way behind everyone else and got to the ball way before everyone else. It's just like Speedy Gonzalez kind of absolutely pegging it. Well, well talking of the counter-attacking, uh, one Aston Villa corner in the first half, United had all 11 men back. And this is against Aston Villa, at Old Trafford. 11 men back. You've got the most important thing is to get the points. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, um, but this is Aston Villa at Old Trafford. I, I know I keep saying that with like a, a, you know, the tone of surprise in my voice. But this is Aston Villa at Old Trafford. He started with two defensive midfielders because um, Fellaini did not run ahead of the ball at any point. Um, and it was incredibly ponderous through there. They made no attempt at breaking ever. And and you know, the most hilarious bit was in the last three minutes or so with United backs to the wall under incredible pressure from Aston Villa, the worst team in history of uh, of the Premier League. And he brings on Tim Fosumensa to shore up things in central midfield. Fine player, but, I mean, it just says everything about Van Hal's philosophy, doesn't it? Well... I think the one mitigation, the one thing that's like we could draw, we can draw a lot of conclusions from that game. And the one mitigation is that it is in the middle of a busy program. That that it's you know he has heavily rotated the side. Hopefully, 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 what he's doing here is playing some players that aren't necessarily in his first choice side, um, because he's saving saving players' legs for Everton next sure weekend. About that? Of course I'm not sure about that. See, the thing is, well, I mean, we talked about this before, didn't we, when when uh, the injury crisis was over. Who who was going to get first dibs at a, a first-team place? You know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll see, because the, the really, you know, Palace um, not playing great. I know they got a point against Arsenal, but their record since January has been horrible. Um, Everton in the Cup semi-final, of course he should be playing his first eleven. There's no one injured at the moment apart from Bastian. Um, so he's got a full complement of players. You know, we'll see who he plays. Is it Fosu Mensa, Darmian or Valencia right back? Is it Fellaini or Carrick or Herrera in central midfield? Um, does Matter come central or is it Wayne Rooney? You know, and like I, I would bet that he will make the more conservative choice or perhaps that means the more experienced choice on most of those occasions. I think uh, there are a couple of at least minor injuries. Yanazai's injured, not that that really is a factor. Herrera, I think, is injured because he, he was carried off the pitch by Mark Noble against West Ham, and that's, I think, why he didn't play. So so Van Gaal said that he left Martial out to give him a rest because he's played tons and tons of games. And he said I w- he was really thinking about leaving Rashford out too, but the kind of momentum and the fact that Rashford said he was really keen to keep playing swayed him on that and and that makes perfectly good sense he's a very young player and there's there's a lot of football but you know it's a good job he did play him obviously um uh but yes I, I'm I'm pretty sure and he also said Carrick was rotated that was that was just a, a rest thing not that that's necessarily a good thing in terms of his thinking about the first 11 um so so I, I think it's more about rotation than not. But definitely Rooney's back in the side and he's not going to get dropped again, is he? I think the the one who's going to get dropped is Fellaini and, and I would say Valencia's place is uncertain. But the problem is Van Gaal is so swingy when it comes to players' form. Like 
some players, if he see if he perceives them to be playing well or doing something good in a game, he'll keep them in the side. Like, do you really think Fellaini would have been in that starting eleven against Villa if he hadn't got one off his knee against West Ham? Well, well, quite uh, probably not. I mean, he actually played quite well against West Ham, uh, which we haven't talked about. So maybe that's a an opportunity to get away from the dross that was Villa, or, or maybe it's um, you know regression to the mean rather than. Uh, uh, rather than uh, actually United um, uh, playing particularly well against Villa, they've just gone back to against West Ham, gone back to what they've produced for the last two years. So anyway, at West Ham, was this the best performance of uh, United's campaign so far? Not far off it. You know, this was a very positive performance from United. West Ham weren't at the races. I don't know whether they were a bit anxious about the game or, or something, but they certainly didn't put in the performance that we've been seeing from them recently. Um, but United controlled the game from start to finish and probably should have won more comfortably than uh, 2-1. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It, it was a, a real performance. And I think the, the issue about reversion to the mean is a, a kind of important one because I would argue that both performances are indicative of Van Gaal's United and that's in some ways the most damning indictment of his time in charge that there is because th- there have been these shining moments throughout. Like right from the beginning, there have been moments when it's all come together, but he's always backed away from them, usually quite quickly. And that's that's what's caused these these terrible reversions to this awful dull football. So it's, it's a very, very strange paradigm. But yeah, the, the West Ham game was, I mean, that's one of the most fun I've had watching United this season, I could say. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so not only did... United uh, managed to win the game. Uh, they played pretty well. They appeared to be on the front foot for much of the game uh, and they created a lot of chances. So this is what we want to see from United. Yeah, I mean, the, they were actually on the back foot out of the gate, which I was watching that thinking, oh, this is, I think this might be good news because the, the, the games that we start really strongly and don't make anything happen, they tend to be the ones where we fade really badly. But actually when United's backs are against the wall a little bit, they, they do have something where they they slightly come out fighting they just they're just not very good at keeping it going but yeah uh the the scoring was opened by uh, can we call that a wonder goal is that a wonder goal it's got to be close to it's it it's not far off is it no um i don't know if you've seen the cover of uws this month but an absolutely brilliant cover of rashford uh yeah it's just like doodles on his theoretical uh, year 13 notebook a doodle of him scoring against city you just forget this is this is just a kid or rather you don't forget it's just a kid because he looks like a kid but then when he's got the ball at his feet he, he looks like the star man of the side yeah seven goals in 12 games for him now and oh after the villa game um just an absolute beauty got it out of his feet very very well opened his body up put it into the top corner i mean couldn't have been better placed in the top corner could it and um just a beautiful goal and it's a, it's just a great story um, and you know, if it if it wasn't for the fact that Rooney's guaranteed a place in Hodgson's, uh, if not side squad, probably side, um, and Kane and Vardy are playing very well, and he likes Welbeck, then we might be talking about Rashford going to the Euros. As it is, I mean, there's plenty of time for that, and uh, it's probably not a good thing for him to go. Um, he's he's just explosive. His first twelve games for United, just brilliant. Uh, it's like signing a. The the uh, you know the the star striker that he should have signed last summer. I well, suppose. he sort of did though, didn't he? In Martial, um, because he's another player that looks like a, an absolute star in the making, and the two of them 
together in the side. This is this is a very exciting prospect for whoever manages United next. Um, Rashford's been so impressive. There's no way Jose Mourinho comes in and sends him on loan to Bolton, is there? You know, that's just not going to happen. I I can't quite get over how good Rashford is, and and I think it's probably important to remember. Like Van Gaal's going to get a lot of credit for bringing Rashford through, right? But the extent to which that was a last throw of the dice from him can't be overestimated. I, I think um, I think it was Mark from Red Mancunian podcast pointed out to me when I, I saw him on um, Saturday. He, he was saying that Van Gaal was so didn't want to play Rashford that he brought Will Keane on loan, back from loan, you know, to try and put him in the squad ahead of Rashford. But it was just that injury that allowed allowed the youngster to break through. Yeah, and he you know, scored a double on his debut. And, and if he hadn't done that, he might not have got another look in. I mean, we, we also forget, I mean, credit to Van Gaal for playing a lot of youngsters. And I, I do agree with you. I think most of the time it's it's uh, fortune for Van Gaal that he's brought these players through rather than a strategy of some kind. Um, and, and there's plenty of players who've played a few games and not got back in. So... Um, we're very lucky that Rashford scores straight out of the gate and uh, it's it's been a fantastic signing for him, you know, <laughs> uh, quote-unquote. Um, he's he's going to be a great player for United. The, 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 the one thing you'd say is if only Memphis was able to translate some of that, you know, really natural skill into actual performances on a more regular basis or if ever, one of the exciting front, front three that could be of Rashford, Martial and, and Memphis, direct and skillful and... You'd think plenty of goals in that. Yeah, and I, I, I definitely think it's prob. Well, I think it's probably too early to give up on that because I, you do, I do wonder what a different manager could get out of Memphis. Oh, I'm sure loads more. I mean, you know, I just think, I, I, it's, um, I think Danny Higginbottom's column. He was, he was saying this. I, I really like him actually. I think he's uh, rating both as a as a match day analyst, pundit, and uh, co commentator, and and uh, his writing's very good as well. Um, but uh, I think he was saying, you know, you, you see the improvement in defensive players under Van Gaal and you don't see it in forward players. And he thinks that's because of his natural bent towards conservatism. Um, and so I think uh, another coach who who gives uh, forward players a bit more freedom of expression would would help Memphis a lot, I'm sure. Yeah, and I, I think even just a, a, a coach with a different psychological approach, a more kind of you know, bullish, direct, arm-round-the-shoulder man-management style. Because I think Van Gaal's, I think one of the big problems with Van Gaal in England is his English. Because he's such a, I mean, I guess that doesn't really apply to Memphis, who's Dutch. Um, so he can speak in his first language. But I, I do think, you know, Van Gaal talks about himself as a communicator all the time. But he is very difficult to understand. And I think that's been a fairly significant problem but I wonder whether he's not also quite difficult to understand whatever language he's speaking because he's such an idiosyncratic chap that you know his ability to communicate with players is is impeded by kind of I don't know it's it's a bit of a half-baked theory this because he's had a lot of success with it in the past but I just wonder whether it's diminished with the generation gap or something along those lines I don't know Maybe I'm just trying to find excuses for him because I I watched that video of him dancing on the barge in Amsterdam in 2013 and remembered why I like Van Gaal in the first place. Yes, but I mean, the fact that he's not able to clearly communicate his ideas to the general public in a a simple way, you know, maybe that says something about his inability to communicate his ideas to the players too. 
whatever the language. Yeah, um, and and I, I think you know Jose Mourinho coming in and making Memphis feel like he could run through a brick wall because he's not necessarily a player, a manager who's going to benefit Memphis in the way that you were talking about about giving attacking players more kind of creative freedom. But he is the kind of player that fires up the manager, the kind of manager that fires up his players to new levels of performance. Some some of that. Well, yes, and but but you know also think about Jose. He's had plenty of attacking wide players who've done very well under him too, you know, think all the way back to Arjun Robin um, and others too. So uh, you, absolutely right. He does want structure and he will, he will be expecting Memphis to do some defending, uh, assuming Memphis is there and assuming Jose is there. Um, uh, of course, yeah, but uh, he does get lots out of wide plays and he does play with wit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the West Ham were weirdly flat, as you said. Surprising, I thought they were. I wonder whether just uh, it's a long season catching up with them. I'm I'm not sure. It's um, the, the, it was not the West Ham we've seen um, since Christmas, was it? Uh, at all, you know, they they're so technically good in in midfield. We didn't see any of that. United controlled that department. Um, we expect to see some of their sort of quick uh, players going forward. Lanzini, quiet. Carroll caused United no problems at all, basically. Well, until they're. Um, they, they pulled the goal back late. Um, so, yeah, they're very, very flat. Um, uh, had a blinding game at Leicester, mind you, on Sunday. So, well, they weren't quite so flat or uh, aided by some um, interesting refereeing, shall we call it? Uh, One of the worst. I mean, rarely have you seen such atrocious refereeing in a football match. I thought the Vardy decision was probably right, like the second yellow. It was like that was actually quite a good spot and a pretty brave decision. But the rest of them were an absolute shambles. Definitely a tug on him, though. On so. Vardy? Mm, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure about that one. I think he, just, <laughs> he bought that hook, like, hook, line and sinker. Um, I, I have very little sympathy for uh, Jamie Vardy. Obviously. For many reasons. It's a fairy tale for racists and wife beaters and... Uh, Financial dopers. Oh, yeah. And maybe other kind of dopers. You never know. Yeah, although we're not alleging anything because we have no actual information on that, right? Just re- We're just repeating an allegation made in the Sunday Times. Um, yeah, anyway, back to United, yeah, and, and West Ham. So strangely flat, but uh, very good performance from United. And, you know, we've got the semi-final against Everton. Everton, who um, are having a very mediocre season, just beaten them recently. What a fantastic opportunity for United this is. And, you know, the other the other semi is Watford and Crystal Palace. I mean, could Van Gaal conspire to not win the FA Cup? I mean, surely he can't. Surely. Yeah, of course he can. Any one of those teams can beat United on their day this season. No no question about that. If United are bad and they're good, it's, it's easily possible. I mean, I'm not particularly optimistic about the semi-final, I have to say. I'm not saying I, I think we're going to lose or I would predict a loss, but I'm not like massively bullish, like, oh, yeah, we'll absolutely smash these. Because um, even though we have uh, beaten them twice this season, that second performance, if, if they'd been a little bit more switched on, excuse me for saying this, but in and around the box, uh, it could have been a very different a very different affair indeed. Well, it could, and away from Goodson Park, they seem to have some freedom, don't they? Um, so maybe that will help at Wembley. Yeah, this is uh, this is absolutely um, not at Goodison Park. Are, are you excited about seeing the Mighty Reds at Wembley yet? So, look, I, I think um, 
I, I know United have been pretty prosaic in most of their football this season. Um, and there's every chance that that will happen again at Wembley. Of course there is, and Van Gaal might go quite conservative. You never know. But the big occasion against the bigger teams, generally speaking, have brought better performances from United. So that's what I'm hoping for. Um, what I'd really like to see is United win the FA Cup. You know, how many years? Um, 2004, was it? Yeah, and, and then the cup final against Arsenal when they lost on penalties. So it's just been too many years. Uh, many of those years, of course, was Fergie playing second choice sides in in many games not taking it seriously but this is this is Van Gaal's last chance of silverware you think you know it seems like he's going to be replaced in the summer you've got to take this seriously yeah the one thing that you really worry about is that somehow his result in this game will affect his position at the club in the summer that that seems that would seem a terrible basis for decision making and i think that Aston Villa game hopefully is part of sealing his fate right that's the 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 board like Woodward was there he's always there and the atmosphere in the ground was as I mean honestly as flat as I can remember it and that's saying something right I could see that there was a portion of the singing section singing because I could see there was like hands clapping and a little bit in the Stretford end upper but the only chant I actually heard was uh, five or ten minutes of the Martial song, five minutes of the Martial song after he came on from the Stretford end. I didn't, I couldn't hear. There was maybe a little bit of UNITED from the singing section, but hardly a thing. Um, and and Old Trafford is always quiet, but it's never that quiet. Yeah, I mean, like, it will be horrible next season if Van Gaal is in charge. Um, it, because... Look, we talked about this last week, and not only will he be a lame duck, but um, we're not going to get any better football. And and who seriously would trust him with a massive transfer budget? I, I even wonder, I mean, would United do, I mean, this is the really negative scenario, would United do what City did and actually give him an extra year? I mean, because City extended Pellegrini's contract, even though they had been working on the Pep Guardiola deal. Would they give Van Hull to the end of 2017. Oh, my hat. Just to avoid the lame duck scenario. Maybe. Maybe they would, but hopefully. God, sorry, sorry to give you nightmares, everyone. <laughs> hopefully, it'll uh, just all be over, B- right? Built says uh, today that uh, Mourinho's in, so, you know, this is uh, a pretty serious um, uh, paper out in Germany. I mean, you know, they, uh, I love the translation, though, of the headline. Tulip General Van Hal has had its day. The special one is new Piggy Boss. <laughs> well, yes, Piggy Boss being Schweinsteiger. Relating yeah. to Schweinsteiger. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I mean, you say they're a serious newspaper. Obviously, they're not actually a serious newspaper, but they do serious sports reporting because they're like the sun, but in Germany, right, when it has an actual newspaper. Uh, but that's reports in Spain, France, Italy, Germany. It's everywhere except here, right? English journalist, and English journalist will go, no, yeah. no, no, it'll be Giggs or Pochettino or Van Gaal. I don't think there's been, uh, there's like only Miguel Delaney saying, no, look, it's not that he's English, but, you know, in the English papers saying it's going to be Jose. We'll see. Uh, we'll also see before the before the semi-final, we've got another game, which I imagine is going to be a turgid mess. Uh, Wednesday night at Old Trafford under the floodlights, the the drama of midweek evening football as we take on 
uh, a definitely safe from relegation, but with nothing else to play for, Crystal Palace. Just the kind of special occasion you you want at Old Trafford this late in the season, yeah. Champions League semi-final? Final? Nope. Uh, uh, dead rubber against Palace. Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be crap. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, I, I can fully predict this right now. And uh, you could fully predict against Villa. I mean, we were texting before the Villa game uh, just exactly how bad it was going to be because it's, uh, yeah, we will see Fellaini in the side um, against Palace and definitely Rooney and probably Matter out on the right wing. I wouldn't have thought there'd be too many changes because he'll be looking to keep them fresh. Um, against uh, Everton and this of course he wants to get his excuses in first and then he could play the team he wants to against Everton and then complain about having only 48 48 hours preparation time he's not going to do that though Um, because it was clear from the Villa game that he's not going to do that I mean the points are theoretically still meaningful Uh, Arsenal drawing today as we record this means that United are now four points and goal difference behind both them and City um, but I think City's response to the loss in the derby has been predictable, right? They've just been pretty much in control of their destiny ever since, really. And uh, I don't think they're going to drop off. And I just can't see Arsenal dropping enough points not to get fourth. If there's anyone you don't want to be in a race for fourth with, it's Arsenal. <laughs> Very experienced to doing that. I, I think it's effectively five points because the goal difference is so... Uh, big. I mean, if United had scored six or seven against Villa, it, you know, uh, maybe that'd have been in sight, but not really. Um, so yeah, five points in four games. It's a, it seems unlikely, extremely unlikely, especially since I don't think United are going to win all their games. Might even uh, mess up against Palace. Might get a draw there. Wouldn't be wouldn't be completely shocking if that happened. Especially Palace on. You know, they have been terrible since January, but they have turned it around a little bit. Just got their first win. And held Arsenal to a draw at, um, at at Arsenal's place. That's not a bad result at all, is it? And looked pretty effective on the counter attack in that game, which I guess is it's going to be their weapon of choice against United. Uh, that will take us back to the one game this season that has an argument for being worse than the Aston Villa game. I think the top three worst games so far this season. Like I don't mean like worst performances. I mean worst games of football because the Arsenal and Tottenham games were the worst performances, but. Um, Villa, uh, Crystal Palace away, and um, Middlesbrough at home. Those those were the most terrible, turgid football matches we've been involved in. Yeah, I'd, I'd add Stoke there as well, because that was awful quality as well. Um, although, any, any quality did come from Stoke. Yeah, absolutely. There were two goals in that game, which singles it out over all of the rest of them. Very true, yeah. Um, God, this is... Uh... I thought this should be more cheery, this uh, episode. We've just won two games, Paul. Two, two, in, two in a row. Yeah, and I think I'm extremely cheerful about the semi-final because although I'm not like super optimistic that we're definitely going to win or anything, not bullish, I guess. is, is I'm, I'm pretty optimistic, but not bullish. Um, but I'm very, very excited about the being in the FA Cup semi-final and the prospect of the final. That that is just, you know, I'm a li- I get a little bit grumpy old man about the semi-final being played at Wembley. And United singing, we're the famous Man United and we're going to Wembley. You think, well, sort of. Technically, we're going to Wembley. But really, I feel like that song should be saved for the final. Yeah. Um, I mean, still paying off the stadium, I suppose. So they, they have to be played at Wembley. It doesn't feel quite right, does it? There you go. Uh, grumble, grumble, grumble. Grumble, grumble. Old man, grumble, grumble. Old yeah, old we, we, can, we can have another grumble about commercialism before the end of the season when United play their... 
um, new home kit for the next season in the final game of the season against home to Bournemouth in uh, Bournemouth's 1-0 win at Old Trafford. I was quite annoyed by Alan Keegan saying the words the UK's best-selling Cabernet Sauvignon apparently without irony at half-time at Old Trafford. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, um, that Everton game should be a banger, right? Because they'll they'll be going for it. We'll be going for it. There's a huge amount at stake. Um, there's something about, as you say, like Van Gaal gets it done in those key moments, right? We've been pretty good in the big games, uh, if you exclude that Tottenham away game and that Arsenal away game. Um, but I, I think. I think we've got every shot of... And that Liverpool game. Oh, yeah, that was pretty bad too, wasn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, pretty good in the big games, apart from the ones where we got absolutely spanked. <laughs> yeah, I can't quite see that, though, because it's hard to imagine Roberto Martinez's Everton being competent enough to absolutely smash anyone, is it? No, but I do wonder whether they'll try and open the game out a little bit, um, and uh, because that's, that's the way they're going to beat United. So, uh, stay on the front foot. Uh, unless they, I mean, you know, this is Everton, right? So I think the way to beat United is to play very deep and very narrow and play on the break. But I think, uh, I'm not sure that's really Everton's game, but they can certainly take the game to United. Um, so we'll we'll, um, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm feeling reasonably confident about this one, which is weird. I'm, I'm definitely really, really looking forward to it. And I haven't been able to say that about too many of the games this season. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's really nice. So given that... Um, Given that we've we've talked a lot about football and not all of it is that fun, I asked for uh, rank cast questions this week and ideally to make them not about football um, because, honestly, after last week's show, pretty fed up. And that Aston Villa game, I forgot we were talking about the West Ham game as well, to be, to be honest. So uh, the prospect of just discussing that Aston Villa game was too much to bear. Um, <laughs> talking of that Aston Villa game... Our friend Chris, who is a Liverpool fan, even though he listens to this show, says it was a shame to see once great European champions reduced to an absolute mess yesterday. Oh, and Aston Villa too. <laughs> out of order. Absolutely out of order. I suppose he's uh, crowing over Liverpool's victory over Dortmund in the in the week, which was a, a very entertaining game, by the way. Uh, I'm just hoping that Liverpool gets spanked in the semi. I have no idea what you're talking about. What game? That didn't happen. There's no way our nearest rivals have got a manager who plays exciting football with a never-say-die spirit and a commitment to attack. Just just not buying it. Um, at my Saturday self, with a question for me, he says, I saw you on P- I see you on PSN once in a while. Why do you choose to play Pez and not FIFA? Um, because, two reasons. One, it's a little bit cheaper... And two, I think, uh, generally critically regarded as a better game. Like FIFA's got all the bells and whistles, but the core engine in PES is uh, is beautiful. I, I know you got a PlayStation 4 Red recently. You, you got FIFA with it. How, how's your FIFA game? Are you going to be starting a YouTube channel, doing tutorials and stuff? I, I'm the Van Hal of FIFA. <laughs> N- not great. <laughs> I, 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 I remain undefeated against my 11-year-old. So there you go. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That is something, at least. It's not long before she beats you, though. No, no, then I'll move on to playing the three-year-old. Bastard, <laughs> that's good thinking. That is very good strategic planning, extending your window of victory by 10 years. Um, at Barca Jim says, do you put the milk in the cup before you take the tea bag out? No. 
and oh, honestly, like this whole thing comes from the idea that you put the tea in before the milk, which is which is true if you pour the um, you, you put the milk in before the tea. Sorry, which is true if you pour the milk from a, a teapot. But if you put milk in with the tea bag, the milk clogs up the pores of the tea bag and stops the tea from. Uh, brewing in the cup. We've just lost about 15,000 listeners right there, Paul. <laughs> I don't drink tea, by the way, so uh, I had no idea. How do you make your coffee? Have you got fancy, fancy machinery? What's the fanciest piece of coffee equipment you own, Ed? So, um, actually, my, my stock method is, uh, is cold brewing it. It takes 24 hours to do, and I do it in a big white tub, basically. Um, <laughs> but I've got various types of plungers and uh, V60s and a thing called a Trinity is coming, which is uh, an awesome piece of equipment. And let's see, there you go, Co- coffee nerd as well as football nerd. Tapped a secret nerd vein. Um, at O-P-P-T-A-T-T-N-A-V-N uh, says, what should I buy for my mother's 60th birthday? I asked him a follow-up question about this and asked him what she was into and he, he said, you know, mum stuff. Like, I wanted a bit more specifics, but apparently she likes cooking. You could get her a really nice saucepan, like a fancy one, because they're they're not cheap, are they? Fancy saucepans, not necessarily the sort of thing you buy for yourself. They're kind of a luxury item. Mm. Well, when you get to later in life, you want to kind of wind down a little bit and you know be calm, and and so she could get a Manchester United season ticket. No chance for any overexcitement there. Yeah, good. Um, Andy Yaks said, "How did you and Ed?" first meet was it love at first sight um i don't remember if it was love at first sight because we were very little uh, but we were both in push chairs when we first met it's a story i've been told um and our mums became friends and thus podcast history was made something like that anyway talking of a uh, gentleman being in love there was a very nice moment at the uh, crown so for some reason i've no idea why the aston miller fans bored with the affairs on the pitch, understandably so, got into this protracted sort of singing banter, sorry, terrible word, but it's true, war with one dude in K-Stand who was wearing the United away kit and he was just standing up for ages and then he started talking to his mate and then the Villa fans with classic football fan latent homophobia start singing, is that your boyfriend? At which point he turned and started snogging his mate. I was thinking, that's a pretty good response. His mate didn't look very happy, but it was good. It was a good moment. (laughs) Very good. Um, All right. At Brad Brad 88 says Leicester or Spurs. Well, uh, Leicester, I guess, despite all their doping of various kinds. I'd definitely take Spurs if I could if I could choose. I, I really like that Spurs team. I really like Pochettino. And I've got lots of friends who are Spurs fans. So Yeah, there's all the more reason to not want Spurs to win, isn't it? <laughs> I like my friends to be happy, Ed. That's very good. Yeah. Um look, it's not nailed on for Leicester. Definitely not. I mean, dropped a couple of points. I mean, obviously Spurs play Monday night. Uh this will probably go out before they um they play. Um, uh, but Leicester's still got to play Chelsea on the final day and us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, although, like, I've seen lots of people going, "Oh, Leicester have still got to play Chelsea and United." <laughs> like, so that's 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 historically difficult, not actually difficult. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's a, it's an interesting kind of thought experiment to think about quite how Leicester will do next season. When we get to a point where people, I mean, they are finding out already how to play Leicester, right? Leicester uh, are not good when you give them the ball. 
they're very, very efficient when they're playing on the break. I mean, you know, two or three passes goal. They're, they're definitely not direct, although they're direct in this, if you know what I mean. They don't play the long ball. Um, they're very efficient from front to back. Um, but when you give them the ball and they have to kind of force the game, not quite so good. No, although they've been generally finding a way to win. And they to, today they found a way to draw. So that that they've got something about them as a collective as well as their kind of what they were doing really well. Um so, you know, they've got that going for them. And even if Spurs win, that's still a five-point lead. Not bad at this stage of the season. No, no, I mean, you know, um, I, I'd give them an eight in ten chance of winning. Right, yeah, that's a big, big chance. Um, at Ewan Leonard says, I've got 32 Platinum trophies on the PlayStation Network. Do I have a problem? Only you can answer that, Ewan. It's, it's a problem if you've not enjoyed doing it, I would say. Or if you've put other things aside that you would rather do in order to, you know, I don't know, collect 5,000 collectibles in Assassin's Creed or something, then that's a problem. But <laughs> Yeah, I, talking to PlayStation, I, I rarely play with mine, as uh, it was always likely to be the case. Um, not having much time, but yeah, I should, I should find some more time to do this PlayStation Network thing you talk about. It's good. Never it's good. actually done that. We could play Rocket League. That'd I be great. don't really know. This, this is the one that you share on Twitter all the time, which is like cars playing football. This is ridiculous. Much like United playing two defensive midfielders against Aston Villa at Old Trafford. <laughs> and both things really happen. All right. Uh, <laughs> questions from at Mango underscore Carrot and Scott underscore Arthur about a tweet that has happened in the last not very long at all. Let me just hold on. I'm just going to check if it's been deleted. Oh, no, it's still there. Tweeted at 18.52 uh, this evening. This is our club today and forever. Arsenal badge, sun, sunset sky. Picture of the Holy Trinity statue underneath it. I know, and I did a double take on this, just in case it was some other statue. Uh, but it's definitely not. It's, it's a silhouette from the front, because you can clearly see not only Law's arm raised, but um, Bobby's hand over his shoulder. Wow. Yeah, and the ball under the arm on the other side. Absolutely. What a tit. Extraordinary. At Drew McDonald underscore, is Marcus Rashford the greatest man who ever lived? He's got a long way to becoming Eric Cantona to, to go before he becomes Eric Cantona, but he... Uh... Yeah, yeah. He's got to wait, but, you know, he could get there. Talking of stupid tweets, do you remember that time, I think it was a couple of years ago, that um, I think it was one of the Liverpool websites, maybe Liverpool Union, tweeted out a picture of the Manchester United trophy room uh, and uh, with the caption, no other club has ever won as many trophies as Liverpool. <laughs> it was <laughs> very good. It's good. Uh, and, and it was definitely the Manchester United trophy room because down on the on the bottom left of the corner was a little sign saying uh, something about Manchester United tickets or to- stadium tours or something like that. At Liam underscore 08 says, what's black, white and red all over? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go with an embarrassed zebra. Other options. Oh, I thought you had a punchline. Other options include newspaper. It's a classic joke, isn't it? With multiple different endings. Um, at Coomberson says, uh, favourite episode of Inter- Inspector Morse, Morse, hashtag Rankcast, hashtag things that are more entertaining than Van Hals United. Anyone where he just drives around the countryside in his uh, in his uh, jag, really. Yeah, I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Inspector Morse. Definitely not from start to finish. It wouldn't really cut it, you know, post-Sopranos. We need a bit more action in your police drama. Um, at Ed- not not Sopranos with the police drama, but no, you know what I mean. No, absolutely. 
Uh, in fact, if I, Inspector Morse crossover with The Sopranos would be a, a really remarkable television. Somehow Morse had to investigate. This. Basically, what happens is Mickey Mellons, Shrewsbury town manager, commits some sort of crime in Oxfordshire and Morse ties it back to the, I was going to say the Gandolfini family. <laughs> but it's called the, they're the Soprano family, right? That's the name of the, fa- that's why the show's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm clever. Um, at Eddie Rose 13 says, who was the best Beatle? Good question. Definitely not Ringo. No, I, I think my favourite Beatles always been George, but they're all a bit hashtag problematic in their way. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with George. Um, this is super self-indulgent. At Gotham City 28 says, uh, Hey Paul, if given the choice, would you get into full-time journalism following United around? Uh, the answer to that is no. Uh, journalism is uh, is my weird second job. My, my other jobs, my real proper job. Um and uh, this one for you, Ed, at Lloyd Stoke Slow One says falafel or shawarma. I, I'm going to go with a the falafel there. Shawarma is really a, a sort of American thing. I know it's not an American thing, but you don't really get it over here. Uh, but on the streets of New York, you can definitely get a lot of shawarma. Isn't it like a shawarma? Isn't just that like a fancy doner kebab? Basically. Right. Okay. Falafel seems like a good answer to me. Uh, is that enough ridiculous questions from the listeners, Ed? Plenty. So if anyone's left, um, we, we didn't. We sort of previewed our two games to come. Should we do some predictions for Crystal Palace and Everton? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I guess we'll win 1-0 against Palace. And then I'm going to predict an exciting, thrilling 3-2 encounter at Wembley in United's favour. Wow. Um, Paul having a stroke as we record. Uh, so I'm going to predict a one-all draw against Palace. Uh, and I'm going to predict a 2-1 win against Everton in extra time. Can you imagine the meltdown if we draw one all with Palace at home? The thing is, it's not that unlikely a result, is it? I don't... I mean, you say, can we imagine the meltdown? We see it most weeks. <laughs> we do. We do. Um, yeah, so we, we think the top four, even though the results, some results of... Oh, well, United's results have gone in their favour, but and maybe you could argue that Arsenal's have as well. Um, but I think the top four is pretty much done, isn't it? That, that seems like a very, a pretty unlikely eventuality. We are looking for two teams to fail. Uh, well, no, one we team just need <laughs> one out of two. Yeah, if, fine. Yeah, that's the thing. In fact, that sort of swings it a little bit in our favour, doesn't it? Because there's, there's, we've got two routes, two potential collapses uh, to to go for. Um, but I'm not sure what City are going to collapse, especially like pretty big confidence booster for them in the Champions League. We haven't mentioned that perhaps it's best we don't uh yeah um maybe maybe that uh game with real madrid coming up will uh help them lose some focus in the league although you know it didn't seem like it they were very focused against chelsea yeah they were uh and very good as well uh in a way that kevin de bruyne coming back has made it's fair to say kevin de bruyne's re-emergence onto the scene has made a somewhat significant difference to uh city season as you pointed out on twitter you've been banging on about de bruyne for years and years and years on this podcast yeah uh here's a here's a thought experiment for you if de bruyne had come to united instead of uh di maria would van Gaal screwed him up quite as much yeah probably yeah i, I mean it's a, such a roll of the dice with Van Gaal, isn't it, in terms of the players that he's got to improve. And generally, the ones that he's improved haven't been the super talents. So there you go. OK, well, um, it's either a draw and a win or a couple of wins for United coming up. Um, it is a couple of wins. It's four wins in the bounce, on the bounce, you know. That's uh, that's Champions 
um, yeah, form that is, or something. Well, I mean, it would be if it wasn't for the inevitable three terrible defeats on the spin after that. Indeed, yeah. Um, uh, I I do hope that uh, the board are not reconsidering the decision or or indecision about uh, sacking Van Hal. Um, you know, what we saw against Villa was most of what we got from him during his time. We shouldn't forget that when there's uh, one good result. Much like when no, Wayne Rooney occasionally sprays a 50-yard pass out uh, to the right wing, which actually causes a goal to happen. Uh, we shouldn't forget all the crap that we get from him the rest of the time. Just, just sort of, you know, adding that. Unbelievable. Just spreading your malicious agenda wherever it will go. That's it. Hashtag agenda. Um, well, that's it from us this week. Uh, in the meantime, you can catch Paul uh, at Bleacher Report and you Max it uh, and on Paul's house on YouTube. Still doing that, aren't you? I, I am, yeah. It's a special, yeah. special music video made out of puppets episode coming tomorrow. I'm very excited about making that. Very good. You can catch me at United Rant. Uh, you can catch us on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash United Rant. You can catch us on Google+, Plus, you can catch us on Instagram and Pinterest, which I added this week. Although, by the way, I'm not going to get involved in any of that. It's just auto-tweeting pictures. But if you really want to see some pictures, there you go. Oh, so is there a United Rant Instagram account now? There is, at United Rant. Yeah, you have to give me the login details for that and I will... Um, post some stuff. Yeah, yeah, post pictures of Bobby Charlton with the rest of the crowd blurred out, which is my general Instagram vibe on match day. Do it. Very good. Um, Well, have a good week, everyone, and we'll see you next week. And massive thanks to producer Tom. See you next week.